Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome to the program. I'm Andy Griffin. Thank you so much for tuning in today. So good. glad to be here on a warm and sunshiny spring day. Just for the record, by the way, it's a normal temperature high today. 81. It's going to be 89 or 90 today. So we're uh, just to welcome all our friends from out of the country, out of the state for Ironman. Uh, they get to get us at our hottest uh, or uh, hottest for this date anyway. Uh, again, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we are starting our cash and cruise promotion next week. You could win a $1,500 cruise voucher. Take the wife or honey, you could take the uh, husband uh, on a trip to wherever, Caribbean, wherever. $1,500 to take you. That, that's in conjunction with Morris Columbus Travel, State Bank of Southern Utah, the Larkin Group, and, of course, uh, KDXU and Princess Cruises. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, got, uh, well, on our mind, heavy on our mind is Iron Man, and uh, Iron Man is, uh, it's here. Uh, it's, uh, of course, the, the race itself is Saturday, but uh, we have some special guests in today. It's Mayor Thursday. Uh, if you have not been following it all on social media, then you probably don't know this, but Michelle Randall is actually in the hospital right now. She had an appendicitis and had to have surgery, and they're doing some other tests and everything. Uh, hopefully, Michelle's okay. I'm, I'm sure she's listening right now, but uh, she did send some representatives of hers. Uh, Mark Mortensen is here. He's the assistant city manager, and uh, Captain Curtis Sprague from the uh, St. George Police Department is here. Guys, thanks for coming in today. Hey, thanks for having us. We're, we're really glad to be here, Andy. Thanks. Mark, uh, you and I, it's kind of funny, you and I have never really gotten to know each other that well, but we, we run in, it's like we just miss each other all the time. Like, oh yeah, Mark was here. I'm like, oh, I missed him. And, and I'm sure you probably, oh, Andy was here. But anyway, it seems like you and I are always just missing each other. But I, but I know. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, nice to see you in person and be face-to-face with you, Andy. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, Captain Sprague, uh, you uh, were handed something, uh, not for the first time, but you were handed something. You said, hey... Ironman World Championships is coming. Will you coordinate everything with the traffic and the road closures and the streets and everything? Just, just, just good luck with that, officer, <laughs> officer, captain. Yeah, you know it's uh, <laughs> it's always fun. It's a good, good challenge, and there's a lot of good guys to work with, so it makes it easier. Is it? Uh, we'll get back to Mark in a second. But is it easy? Is it hard to big picture? Is it hard to say? hey, you know what, this is good for the city, this is good for us in the long run, this is a great thing, knowing that your guys are going to be working overtime and everybody's going to have to do, it's basically all, all hands on deck, isn't it? It is, yeah, and our, our officers do a great job. They all know that uh, every marathon, so very first Saturday of, of October, October yeah. and the first Saturday in May is designated for either Marathon or Ironman, and, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll be working, and they do a great job. They're excited to do it, and as far as that big picture, you know, it is. It's uh it's a huge, a huge endeavor the city takes on, or in our whole community. You know, you look all the way out to from Hurricane all the way to Ivans. Um, there's a lot of effort that goes into it, but the community is awesome, and I think that's why Ironman continues to come here, is we have such great support through our community. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, the marathon itself, as part of not the St. George Marathon, but the marathon as part of the Ironman is 26 miles, 26.2 technically. The bike race is 112 miles. 
Well, you think about that. Our, you know, I mean, you're talking about traversing the county, basically. I mean, they're they're going to be everywhere. So, uh, you guys kind of have your work cut out. Okay, where and when and what time and how many and 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 the Ironman, like the marathon, you can pretty much start wrapping things up early in the afternoon, right? Right, right. But with the Ironman, it's an all day, all night kind of event, isn't it? Yeah, this full distance is. It's good to have it back. I mean, it brings a lot of excitement. We mm-hmm. we hosted it the first three years we held Ironman here. Um, and then we went to the 70.3 distance, but right. having this full distance, especially the world championship course is awesome. Um, it'll start six 15 in the morning out at sand hollow with the, the pro men, uh, swim start. And then our last, our last participant will finish around one 15 in the morning Sunday. Wow. So we're, we're looking wow. a long day. <laughs> Yeah, that's. Uh, let me do them at eighteen. That's like nineteen or twenty hours. Yeah, that's right. That you have to worry Long about. Day. Uh, yeah, that's uh, wow. Uh, Mark, uh, it. I guess it falls in your purview, as, and this is kind of your area. That uh, you know, with all due respect to Adam Lenhart and the mayor and everything, they look at you and they say you need to get this all coordinated and put together, especially all the the uh, headaches and traffic and and things that have to be done. Is it a daunting job for you? Has it been? Well, let me tell you how, how it works, uh, Andy. Um, Greater Zion is actually the lead agency, so okay. Washington County is the lead agency uh, for Ironman, and then they have interlocal agreements with all of the cities that participate, right. and, yeah. and we're, of course, one of those and probably the most impacted uh, because of the transition to and finish line area. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's a daunting task, but we are up for it, and this is, this is what St. George <laughs> is all about. Uh, activity and optimism are those two words that that we use to describe ourselves and and I mean I can't think of a of an event that ties in better than than the World Championship Ironman to yeah. to activity and optimism in our community and and uh, you know we've got a great team uh, at the city we've got a great team at Washington County phenomenal team with all the other neighboring agencies and communities and Ironman themselves they're phenomenal to work with they work very hard they work as hard as we do. And so we've got a great partnership there. This is the way it was explained to me. It, it is in Kona. It's still the home of the Ironman World Championships. For one year, uh, actually, we are competing. This is the 2021 championship in 2022. And that's because they didn't have it last year. They kind of postponed it and put it off. And finally, they said, we're, we've got to stop fooling around. We're just going to have it. And let's find somewhere else to have it because Hawaii wasn't ready yet. Uh, the 2022 will be back in Kona, which is what September or October or something like in that. In October, mm-hmm. October this year. But uh, we are happy to have the uh, full Ironman World Championships right here in St. George, uh, and uh, it's 2021, but it's 2022. It's, I know it can be confusing in the head, but we we got it taken care of. First time it's ever been off uh, the the island of Hawaii, right. so right. we're we're thrilled to actually be hosting it. Uh, uh, in mainland uh, United States of America, right here in Utah. Awesome. Now, you guys both look like you work out. I, I kind of feel intimidated in here. Of course, Captain Sprague is in great shape, but Mark, I had no idea you were in such good shape. You look like you could maybe do the Ironman. Well, uh, as a matter of fact, Captain Sprague and I are, have both been participants in, in the full distance and the uh, really? half distance Ironman events. Really? He, he, Captain Sprague just completed Ironman Texas uh, a week ago. No kidding. Yeah, and you can walk. <laughs> oh, it was a great time. I was, was able to go down there with my wife, and it was, was that her... the full or the half? Yeah, they had the full distance there. So wow. it was my wife's first full distance, and she did an awesome job. We got to spend uh, some time on the race course together, so it was fun. Phenomenal. So you rode. I, I, I my brother is a runner. I know a lot of people who really work out a lot, and to to a man, they say. 
I can do the run. I can do the bike. That swim part is so hard. Is that true for you too? That is by far the most daunting thing for me. <laughs> I, I'm just glad I have a wetsuit and, and it keeps me buoyant enough to at least float to the finish. I won't let you use a boogie board. So, uh, Unfortunately, no. <laughs> I, tr- I tried to get floaties in. They won't let me do that. So I, I eventually get out of the water and then I have fun on the bike and the run. I was talking with somebody the other day on the show, and they said, yeah, if I could use a boogie board and an electric bicycle and maybe rollerblades, I think I could do it. So <laughs> it would make things a little easier, unless you're, although rollerblades going uphill, that's not very fun anyway. So. Yeah, it would depend on the course, and this, this course alone uh, here in St. George, it would be a tough one. Either mm-hmm. way, sounds like a lot of work to yeah. me. Yeah. So you've done a full as well, Mark? I did, yeah. In 2011 was the full distance uh, St. George Ironman that I completed. And then uh, I did a uh, 70.3 distance uh, a year, two years later in 2013. Mm. Wow. Wow. Uh, any uh, any thoughts from those two races that you did? Any, oh, man, any big I, memories that stick out? Uh, it, it was really a blast. I mean, just kind of the, one of the highlights of my life. And it was a bucket list item. And, and you know, I've toyed around with the idea of doing the uh, the 70.3 next year, uh, mm-hmm. possibly. So it's not out of my purview to, to want to get back in the action and compete again. Or I'm not sure compete, but, but have fun doing it anyway. Um, yeah, I, I'm a pretty active person. Been on the mountain bike mostly lately. But, nice. uh, but uh, sure enjoy the swim bike run. And, again, for me, too. You know, swimming's probably the least favorite, but I was it's gonna, a necessary evil to get to that yeah. bike. I was going to say, how was the swim? It, you know, it's funny because people hear the numbers 112, you know, for the bike and 26 for the run, and they think, oh, two miles for the swim. That's not very far, two miles. But swimming two miles, especially in open water like that, is pretty daunting, yeah? Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, and again, there are those out there that they love to swim, and, and they'll mm-hmm. go out there and crush that. Um Unfortunately, for for I would say the majority of yeah. us, that's not the case. Agreed, agreed. Right. Yeah. How about you, Mark? You like swimming? Oh, I, I like the feeling I get when I'm done swimming. How about that? <laughs> yes, that, that uh, is, I mean, yeah. it's exhilarating. It really is. But yeah. Uh, yeah, swimming's a lot of work. You know, I I was a wrestler in high school, and mm. and I would say that swimming's harder than wrestling. And wrestling was hard. Yeah, wrestling is really hard. Uh, where where did you wrestle at, by the way? Just... Uh, Brighton High School, Brighton, in Salt Lake City, Bangle. Right? Yeah. Yep. I uh, I went to Bingham my freshman year. Okay, uh, they made West Jordan brand new school, and then I went to West Jordan the last three years. So, yep, in the no, neighborhood, know the area. We yep. were always losing to Brighton. It was awesome. <laughs> Brighton had a, a pretty legendary wrestling team. <laughs> well, I, I was talking about football. Oh, okay, yeah, same, yeah, well. same thing. Yeah. So, uh, all right, we're talking with Mark Mortensen, Assistant City Manager, and Captain Curtis Sprague from the St. George Police Department. We need to get into some of the X's and O's of where to be and where to not be uh, starting really tomorrow night, but, uh, of course, on Saturday. Uh, Mark, can you maybe address some of the road closures, some of the places we need to avoid? Well, and that's the thing, Andy. I, I'm not sure I would in, I, it would encourage people to avoid them. Uh, I, I would encourage people to come downtown right, and be a part of the event. Uh, even today, with Ironman Village going on right now, there's uh, live bands playing on Main Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of activity down there. Come down and check out Ironman. Check out all the gear. Come rub shoulders with the athletes from around the world. You'll hear a dozen languages being spoken in the merchandise tent right now. Very cool. Uh, it's yeah. really a cool atmosphere. So we're encouraging people to come down there. Uh, you can, you know, you, you might have to walk a block or two, and that's just the reality of it right now. Uh, but it's, it's totally uh, available to come in and, and be a part of this event. We have uh, 
5,000 volunteers uh, that are making this event possible, and we, wow. we couldn't do it without them. And uh, they'll be spread out all over the county on Saturday. They're actually down there working today. Um, so if you see someone with a volunteer shirt on, you know, we, we try and do our best to thank them because they're out there making making this whole thing possible. Uh, on Saturday, uh, you know, there, there will be limited capacity at Sand Hollow to watch the swim start. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but there's absolutely no cap on the number of people that can watch. Uh, the bike course uh, as it makes its way through Hurricane City and then, uh, of course, through Washington, St. George, uh, Santa Clara and Ivins, uh, and then, of, then up to Gunlock, Veo area, and then down SR-18, and then they do another loop through Snow Canyon and then come into downtown St. George. And then the run course is great. Uh, it, it's different than it has been in the past. Yeah. And we actually run athletes on the west side of town. And we've done our best to encourage and kudos to uh, Captain Sprague and his team uh, and the Ironman team for putting this course together. But we've tried to design a run course that would have um, minimal impact on traffic. So we run them on the trail system, halfway wash, nice. and over uh, on, a, on a segment of Dixie Drive to Mathis Park. They turn around and then they head back and do that twice. So you can see, you can see bikes uh, twice on the course in certain areas. You can see runners up to four times on the course in certain areas. Hmm. Um, I would say, you know, if, if I was trying to program my time and, and get around town, if I wasn't going to an Ironman event, I would definitely hop on the city's website, sgcity.org, okay. and uh, take a look at the traffic impact page. Uh, and also I would go, or I'd go to Greater Zion, ironman.greaterzion.com and, and go there for information. Um, and then Curtis, uh, uh, Captain Curtis Sprague, he, he's done a great job in designing these QR codes that are on signs. So if nice. you're lost and you come up on a big, uh, a big road close sign, there's a QR code, at least in St. George. You can scan that QR code and you'll see where you are on the map and how to get around the, you know, where the detours are for that particular closure. So we've tried to make it as easy as possible, uh, knowing that there will be some delays and inconveniences. We're... We're very uh, aware of that and uh, plan accordingly, but you can totally get around. Uh, and, and I, for one, have had to do that uh, even during race day when I've had a couple other things that I had to do during the day. So it, it, it's totally possible to do. Uh, did you ever think, Captain Sprague, that you'd be designing QR codes when you became a police officer? No, no, that's uh, <laughs> not something that was on my mind at all. And, and yeah. luckily, there, like I said, we've got a great, great team that helps us all out, so some of these ideas and, and then putting it all together. Um, Sergeant Bangeter, um, actually did a great job designing that. Johnny, make sure. Right? Make, what's that? What's his first name? Tyrell. 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 Oh, that's right. I remember. Tyrell Bangeter. So he's he, been on the show before. He has. Yeah. yeah he's, yeah. uh, he's over our, uh, public information and stuff like that. So, um, but he's did a great job helping design those and getting those going. And, and they're actually out on the street right now in certain locations and, and getting people ready uh, to to have an idea of what the race course is. so I think it's worth mentioning, just real quick, if you've never used a QR code, I know there are people out there that haven't, to, used to get your little smartphone, uh, use the camera function, yep. and just scan. Get, usually there's a little box, a little square, you can put it in there, scan it on there, and then a little link will appear on your screen. All you have to do is touch it with your finger, and it'll take you right to what you need to know. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's great. This technology makes things a little bit easier, as long as you... Again, 
can can use that technology. So yeah. Uh, real quick, one thing that Mark mentioned was the limited capacity at the swim start, mm-hmm. and not very many uh, people may be able to go out there. You have to catch a bus super early in the morning to get out there in time. But one thing that Ironman has done to make it a little more fun so people can watch it, um, down at Town Square, Ironman Village, they're actually broadcasting the swim on a nice. humongous screen. So if you want to go downtown to the park um, and watch it, they, they've got that broadcast, and then it'll be on Facebook Live as well, um, the whole race. They'll, they'll be able to watch some of that. So the, uh, the entire – I'm not sure when they start their broadcast, but NBC is broadcasting – this uh, the uh, the Ironman Championship on television. What does that mean to uh, a city like St. George, Mark? To 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 know that a national network, a big time network, is is broadcasting this. Well, it's 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 a thrill, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. um, we know that that St. George is no secret anymore. Uh, people around the world <laughs> secrets uh, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's an honor for us to to host uh, an event of this magnitude, and I'm not sure. Uh, well, I know for certain we haven't held one, uh, you know, that, that's been this prestigious uh, in the past, and and we may never hold something again quite like this. I'm I'm just not sure. Never say never. We are St. George, yeah. but uh, uh, it's really an honor for us, and and, and uh, I'm I'm really blown away by the reach of this event. Uh, last night I was interviewed by a German uh, production company. Uh, that was asking me questions. About I didn't know the, you spoke German. I, I do I not. Know, yeah. you know, and uh, uh, but uh, we made our th- way through uh, an interview, and mm-hmm. you know, hopefully they'll put some captions down there so people can understand what I'm saying in English. <laughs> but uh, uh, I've heard, uh, you know, I've seen Australian uh, production companies here, uh, German, of course, um, South American, uh, you know. Uh, magazines and production companies uh, from all over Europe. It's amazing the reach that this has. Uh, uh, I asked them, I said, so do people in in Germany know where St. George is? And they said, anyone that's familiar with triathlon knows where St. George, Utah is, which is pretty cool. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, The there's a lot of debate out there, Mark, about at what point do we say enough is enough? The big events keep coming. We, you know, I've heard locals say, well, I'm tired of not being able to go out on the weekends. Uh, and, and I know that's a topic that you at the city are very concerned about because you need to take care of your citizens before, before you take care of the world. You've got to take care of your people here. What kind of strategy have you guys put together to answer these concerns? That's a really great point. Event fatigue is a real thing, and, mm-hmm. and we realize, you know, that we've our, our community's been taxed uh, last year and this year especially. Um, and so that is something that we talk about a lot. When we plan the Ironman, um, our focus as a city is really we're trying to plan how to get our citizens around, how to keep businesses open, mm-hmm. how to keep people, you know, accessing those businesses. That's where our focus is, uh, Andy, and, and uh, continues to be. Um, and so those conversations happen quite a bit, and, and we have those conversations with Washington County, uh, Greater Zion Team, um, and we've turned down a number of events that have wanted to come here. Uh, and and if, it, if it doesn't look like it's going to have... Um, uh, you know, a significant impact or benefit our community, we'll, we'll just say no, no thanks. Uh, but there will come a time when when we'll have to, you know, decide at what point is enough enough. And, you know, I think we're approaching that now. Uh, we've heard uh, from citizens. We take that very seriously. And um, and it's a topic that comes up frequently, much like water in yeah. St. George. Yeah. So. 
Well, Michelle Randall, of course, the mayor, she's talked about the unique topography we have here in this town. I mean, you look right behind you, Mark. you got the big red mountain. You can't really build on that red hill there. It doesn't work that way. Uh, and so the, the uniqueness of, of where we live, too, we can't be a sprawling New York City or, or a sprawling even Salt Lake or, or Phoenix or Las Vegas. We don't have that kind of room. And so when you have these big events and, oh, well, we're, we're doing it for the good of the city and the tax money, and, and but we also want people to know how great St. George is. That's, that's true. We do. But I remember in high school, I, I liked a band called Triumph. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Triumph. It was a, it was a rock band. And uh, I loved them so much. I wanted other people to love them, too. And then Triumph got a hit. And everybody loved Triumph all of a sudden. I was like, I don't really like this. I, that was my band. What are you guys doing? That's kind of a little bit of what's yeah. happening to St. George. Is everybody's starting to love it. And the secret is out. It's a secret we all wanted to share. But now it's like, can we bring it back a little? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, and I think we're seeing that in Moab, for uh, example, as well. Yeah. You know, loving a place to death and when is enough enough. Um, that's a real consideration and a concern for us. So mm-hmm. uh, we want to be we want to be very conscious conscious of that. I think yeah, I was just going to mention uh, we had talked a little bit about the the traffic flow and stuff like that earlier, yeah. uh, and kind of breezed over that. And then it it rings true with this, right? When people don't sure. maybe want to go out, but as I as we looked at how to plan this and particularly this this distance where we know it goes till you know one o'clock in the morning yeah um the race route w- is a huge topic and how we're going to coordinate those efforts to get people in and out and, and allow that flow um the unique thing about this route compared to some of the things we've done in the past is always sr18 right coming into town from those those communities like winchester diamond valley and north right right up that way yep that that is so hard because um traditionally we haven't been able to get people to come all the way southbound into bluff street and and things like that um and and mark mentioned greater zion and and the work that the the county does and those that live up uh, above winchester know that they just recently expanded that road made it a little wider and that was all in connection to um, hosting these events so that that hmm. traffic flow can can actually work and we can keep athletes and motorists going northbound and southbound. Um, and this race route in particular, just the reason I bring all that up is we're allowing southbound traffic from Veo um, all the way down. Dameron, Diamond, Dameron, uh, Winchester, Ledges. Every, everybody from north of the city can still use SR18 and come all the way into town in, in a single lane. So they're, they're not going to be diverted. They don't have to go around. They can use that SR-18 and come all the way into town. Um, and, and there will only be a, a little bit of traffic delays uh, near the ledges. But, again, um, that's it's, pretty cool. That's it's, significant. It's, it's gone a long ways. We've, we've been able to do a lot. The other great part is traditionally with the run course being up on Red Hills Parkway, all of Red Hills Parkway above the city was shut down. Yeah. However, this year with the new run route, um, eastbound traffic will be able to go all the way from Ivan's to Washington City wow. nonstop with with obviously those delays and, and and things like that. But they'll be able to go the whole route if, if they need um, the easiest route. Again, I would just say um, if you can use Dixie Drive and, and go south, if you're trying to traverse town, Dixie Drive is a, is a great alternative for that. 
Awesome. Let's uh, let's do this uh, with Captain Sprague, also with Mark Mortensen from St. George City. We're talking Iron Man. I've got to get a little commercial break in here, guys. If you'll hang on, be patient with me. Uh, we'll check in in the weather and we'll talk about. I wanted to talk with you, Captain Sprague, too, about uh, the relationship of uh, bicyclists versus motorists and and how that fits in and we obviously had a big event uh, a sad uh, event happen a couple of weeks ago yeah. over in washington city uh that was a, a different one it was unique in what happened uh but uh, still it's worth talking about we'll do that when we come back news radio 890 92.5 kdxu andy griffin and troy paul here talking barbecue our favorite topic as always troy and i guess you have a few questions for me huh i do yeah we, <laughs> i'm always telling people here's what i like to cook mm-hmm. i think what everybody wants to know is what do you like to cook and how do you do it you know a few years ago maybe two it was right after you and i met uh, mm-hmm. uh and you opened your store I'd stop by a local grocery store and I came across something called a turkey tenderloin. And I'm like, well, right. what is that? I, I'd never had it before. I didn't buy it at the time, mm-hmm. but a friend had asked me if I would smoke some turkey for him for Thanksgiving. I'm like, yeah, sure. I was going to spatchcock it, whatever. Well, he shows up with two turkey tenderloins and says, hey, will you smoke these for me? And I was like, okay, I've never done that before, yeah. but I'll look it up and I'll call Troy and, hey, what do I do with this thing? And <laughs> And uh, yeah, it, it turned uh, it turned pretty magical. And I've actually come to really love turkey tenderloin. One of the great things about it, it's like a three-hour smoke. Now, if you're talking, you know, you know, pork butt or brisket or whatever, you're talking 12, 16, 18, 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Three-hour smoke is really short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that because I know that you're a big turkey guy. Yeah, I love so turkey. So you're always talking about yeah. whenever you can. It's like, oh, I want to do turkey this, turkey that. And that's <laughs> that's cool. But um, when you started talking about this turkey tenderloin, I'd never done one before. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know where the loin of the turkey is. I, I, don't, have, I, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, of course, there's pork loins, and that's uh-huh. going to be similar. So if you like um, same, something, same cook, something yeah. a little bit smaller that's going to cook um, a little quicker than the pork loin is great, but you've had really good success with turkey loin. What do you put on it? Now, it takes really good to flavors, and that's one of the things I like about turkey is you can kind of it, – it, it's an open palate. You can yeah. make it anything you want. It, it, it absorbs the smoke really well. You have a good smoke flavor. And then, uh, you know, I, I'm so partial to the uh, Jolly Rogers Luton Booty. Yeah. Uh, I put that on there often if I want – one of the little secrets I found, I think Yori actually told me this, Yori Ludvig, Ludvigson, our friend, and it, yeah. uh, he has this powdered uh, Frank's Red Hot. Oh, sure, yeah. And I'll put just a little teeny bit of that before I put on the Jolly Roger, the Luton Which is Booty. a garlic jalapeno. Yeah, rub, so it yeah. has just a little kick to it, and I found that to be the best flavoring for it. And then, of course, then I'll pick up my favorite sauce at the barbecue pit stop and dip it, too. Of course, you're a big sauce guy also. So, <laughs> all right, there it is, Andy's favorite thing to cook, the turkey yeah, tenderloin. turkey tenderloin. Welcome back to the Andy Griffin Show. Yeah, it's Iron Man Week here in St. George. World Championships. Pretty cool stuff uh, on NBC TV. And, of course, uh, we're, we don't have to watch TV here because we can... Ooh, my microphone made a lot of noise there. Anyway, we can we can watch it in person here. Uh, so fun. Uh, Mark, you talked a little bit about uh, the foreign foreign country, people from other countries here. Uh I'm guessing, and I asked Kevin Lewis this a couple of weeks ago, but I'm guessing probably not any Russians made it because of what's going on in the in the uh, uh, Eastern Europe. Well, uh, Iron Man disallowed uh, okay. Russian athletes okay. from participating in their event. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but but besides Russia, I mean, we're talking about 
dozens of countries, right? Uh, yeah, I think we're upwards of 60 to 80 countries wow. represented. Wow. Yeah, and it's it's very obvious if you go down to the Ironman Village and, and just sit there for a minute, uh, you'll hear three or four or five different languages being spoken right around you. It's really quite, quite fun. None of which we can understand, right? <laughs> Do you speak any foreign languages? Uh, just a little bit of Portuguese, but don't ask oh, me to okay. say much. You know, <laughs> okay. It's been a while. My daughter is uh, headed to Chile on a mission, and so she's learning Spanish. Oh, and, fantastic. Uh, I, I'm told that the Spanish they speak in Chile is a lot different than the Spanish they speak other places because it's so dia- uh, dialect is so full of slang and dialect that uh, she said uh, they they told her that you can probably understand anybody else but they're not going to understand you uh, and that's the kind of Spanish you're going to be learning. Uh, Mark Mortensen is here, Captain Curtis Sprague as well. I wanted to talk to Curtis for a minute about that relationship uh, between uh, bicyclists and and uh, motorists. Uh, we had an incident a couple of weeks ago here in southern Utah where two bicyclists were killed. Uh, it's not. It, it was not a typical incident. It was an impaired driver. Uh, the bicyclists were not actually even on the road. They were off on the side of the road, stopped. And, and so I don't think that to, to say, well, that's an example of the interaction of bicyclists and motorists. No, I don't think that's fair to say that because that was a, a, a very different and bizarre incident. But uh, still, there has been some tension, Captain Sprague, uh, bicyclists on the road, motorists, bike lanes, traffic, travel lanes. What's your take on all this, being the guy that's kind of in charge of all that stuff here in St. George? Uh, it sounds like you're trying to bring up a pretty hot topic, but let's, uh, <laughs> let's delve into it. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like I have a pretty unique perspective on this, right. being a you cyclist do. myself mm-hmm. and, and law enforcement on the other side. So it's, it's one of those things where I, I can see both arguments on it. Um, and, and again... What it comes down to is when when we look at that dynamic, there has to be that mutual respect one way or another. Right. Um, I, I mean, I, I ride with people from all walks of life, um, and, and they become really dear friends, and it's, it's quite amazing. So, But as you look at it, you realize, okay, as a cyclist, if, I, if, if I'm driving down the road, I try to give as much space as I can knowing that that person – is an actual person right they they've got family they've got friends Mm -hmm. and and i would hate to be the person that was not paying attention and then they couldn't uh, inattentive and and then i hurt them right yeah um so so that's one thing but i've also been on the end where um i've seen cyclists that are 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 not being courteous themselves and and are taking and weaving in and out of that lane, and mm-hmm. it comes down to that point of, hey, you know, there are other people on the road, and, and that's where the um, share the road comes from, you know, is we both the vehicles and the cyclists have that right to be there per the law, and is, as long as you are doing your part and in, in riding your bike the way you should, um, and then then the motorists can anticipate what's going on, you know. But if, if, if we're kind of lollygagging around in and out of traffic, that makes it a little harder for a motorist to know and judge. And, and I I want to say that I believe that's probably what causes some frustration. So, In, in a race, usually the, the lanes are set aside and you don't have the as much interaction really with motorists versus bicyclists. But with each race, you have the week leading up where people are training and, you know, and trying to get some work in and no roads are blocked off. They're just in there Correct, with, yeah. with people. And so it's an interesting dynamic. That race we had a couple of weeks ago, I don't think they blocked anything off. And so you really did have bicyclists and motorists kind of really in interacting with one another uh one of the things i wanted to ask you 
Uh, in a race, you have the you know the peloton. You have a, a lot of people bunched together, usually at the the, the leaders. Uh, but uh, if they're if they're practicing, what what is the policy? Let's start on the police side of it, the the the, uh, the law side of it, uh, for riders riding single file versus maybe two versus three versus four. I found that to be one of the factors a couple of weeks ago as I'm driving along. If they're single file and they're right, you know, right on the shoulder and they're bike lane yep. or whatever, no problem at all. But then you had two and three and four riders all riding next to each other, and all of a sudden it becomes a hazard. What what do you think about that? Yeah. So as you look at that law, that's that's where it goes in. Is you can be two abreast Mm -hmm. side by side right and that's what the law does allow Um, however if you're starting to impede that traffic they should be going single file Um, one thing that that some people may not quite realize as you talk about that peloton is even when people are riding single file right um, the reason they do that is that lead cyclist is doing the majority of the work and the other yeah. guys can then draft off the back, right? Yeah. Um, you see it in NASCAR, you see it everywhere. There's, there's, there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as that cyclist peels off and, and starts working towards the back, it, it looks like they're too abreast because they are. Someone else is now going to take the lead and do the majority right. of the work so the, the other guy can take a break. And, it, and as motorists are seeing that, I, I want to ho- hopefully make sure they understand that um, that is a single file line, and that person is pulling off, and they're and they're rotating right. Now, now three, four abreast. That that needs to be. Um, you mentioned a couple different races. There's there's those that are a closed course where mm-hmm. motorists are not allowed on that. Yeah, that's that. the word I was looking for. Closed course. Um, yeah. But then most of them that we we see in our community are an open course, so the the cyclists need to obey that rule of the road, um, and go from there. Uh, in fact, that, that last event we're talking about where um, the, the cyclists were, were killed, I, I rode um, a bit of that, not, not in that race, but I ended up doing a lot of that same course training for, uh, like we were talking about, Ironman Texas. Mm-hmm. And as I was going through that course, I noticed I, I was very pleased to see all the cyclists off on the shoulder, single file, and, and doing a great job. So That's good. Um, yeah, yeah it, was, it was very encouraging to me. That's very good. Uh, and again, it's not that we don't want them here. We do want them here. Uh, we enjoy having them here. Uh, but like you said, I think there needs to be a mutual respect. And, and the thing about it, too, as a motorist is is you have this big old 3,600-pound machine, this big old metal monster, maybe bigger if you have a big truck or whatever, uh, against a, a, a person on a bicycle. Right, right. And if there is a, an accident, um, you're going to be okay. They aren't going to be okay. And, and that's something I think sometimes we lose sight of that. Well, he was in the wrong. It doesn't matter that he was in the wrong. He's now dead and you're at fault. Or, or yeah. even if they were at fault, he's, he's, not, coming, he's not going home to his family. And, so. and just on that, you know, I, I look at it. Um, there, there are certain streets that, that uh, it may be a more inconvenient. But in all reality, I, I look throughout St. George, and the streets are designed in a way uh, that a cyclist can be there. Mm-hmm. And you can see, and it's okay to take that little bit of time. Hopefully we're, we're planning ahead. We're not in such a hurry that we have to be second on second on time. Yeah. But, but we have that grace period. You know, there could be a traffic light. There could be a car crash. There may be a cyclist on the road that maybe you have to slow down for 5, 10 seconds. To, to make sure it's safe to pass. And and I think sometimes uh, just the hustle and bustle of life 
kind of gets to us a little bit. I think I think you're right. In fact, I've had highway patrol, sheriff, uh, city police on, and almost almost every one of them said, you know. If you're really in that big of a hurry, maybe you should have left earlier. Yeah. Uh, just slow down, and and, and uh, I I guess we've all probably been guilty of it. Well, I'm ten minutes late for whatever. I got to make up the time on the roads, and that's a, that's a bad place to make it up. Yeah, one of actually, uh, and we're talking about cyclists and and motorists and those crashes. One of the, um, I, I guess we'll call them uh, the American hopeful here in Ironman uh, World Championships this week. Uh, Sam Long was hit by a vehicle not Ooh. not too long ago mm-hmm. within the last couple of weeks training for this event um and and as you as you look at that he was dri- riding down the road and and a vehicle pulled out in front thinking they had enough time to to get in the roadway and and it was just a matter of fact that uh as he says anyways in his interview the the motors told him, man you were going a lot faster than i anticipated yeah and that's one thing to to remember is we see um cyclists on the roadway some of them are going very fast, especially those that are in town right now for this World Championships. They are elite athletes, and, and they can cover the distance pretty quick. Downhill, we're talking, you know, as fast as a car. And then on the flat service, still, we're talking, what, 25, 30 miles an yeah, hour? Yeah, exactly, yep. So, uh, yeah, those guys are moving pretty quick. It's kind of like driving on the boulevard, and you think you can go 50 or 55 miles an hour, while the boulevard is 30. Correct. And I found that out a few years ago doing a morning show. Uh, I was doing a sports show, and I got pulled over at, I think it was 5.30 in the morning. The only cars out were me and the police officer. And I said, why are you pulling me over? And he says, well, the, the boulevard is 30 miles per hour, and you were going, I don't know, I was going like 43 or something like that. And I said, but I'm the only one here. He says, yeah, but what if someone were to turn out uh, thinking that you were going 25 or 30 or even yeah. 35 miles an hour uh, and misestimated your speed and you hit him? Do you want that to happen? I was like, no, I don't do it. It's 5.30 <laughs> in the morning, but you're right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how mom always gets us too, right? She, she, she tells us the truth. So. Yeah, yep. All right, uh, we want to take some of your phone calls uh, at 673-5890. Also, if you would prefer to text in, my I've got my cell phone right here. It's 435-467-5842. I'm going to take a short break, and then we'll get right to your phone calls. Stay with us. Hey, thanks for tuning in. The Andy Griffin Show on KDXU. I'm here. Every day at 9 o'clock. Well, every weekday at 9 o'clock. And, uh, yeah, I've gotten a couple of cool guests in. Captain Curtis Sprague from the St. George Police Department. Also, Mark Mortensen, the assistant city manager, who is kind of helping coordinate this big event we're having this weekend. It seems like there's something going on in town, right, Mark? <laughs> Just a little something. Yeah, a little yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, a little something. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Hey, thanks for calling in. You're on with uh, Mark and uh, Curtis and Andy. What's up? Good morning. Um, I have a question for the captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it relates to uh, the uh, bicyclists. Um, I was driving to Vegas yesterday, taking the uh, back way past Gunlock and then picking up uh, Highway 91. And there's a couple of uh, cyclists that had escort vehicles that were riding behind them, uh, taking up half of the travel lane and half of the, uh, you know, the shoulder. And they had their flashers on, of course, but they're impeding traffic as they're escorting uh, these cyclists. What is the uh, law, the rules related to uh, a cyclist and an escort vehicle? So as far as that goes, there's not that I'm aware of a law that says anything about an escort vehicle. That that vehicle would be held 
accountable separate from the cyclist, right? If the cyclists are on the roadway doing as they're supposed to, uh, that, that vehicle is then accountable to, to move over uh, to the, the shoulder as needed or, or whatever have you on that. So it's, they're, they're separate in that. Does that make sense there? Well, it does. But so is this, uh, I guess my point is, is that, you know, the cyclists by themselves uh, offer, uh, you know, certain challenges and courtesies. But when you've got a, uh, a motor vehicle that's, you know, you were talking about two abreast. Well, you know, vehicles, that's, you know, that's four abreast. You've got a vehicle that's actually impeding the roadway. And so people not only have to navigate around the cyclists, they also have to navigate around a car that is behind the cyclist escorting them on, on the route. And uh, this isn't the first time I've seen this either. It was uh, oh, a couple of races ago, um, a couple of years ago, in fact, uh, down 18. Uh, there were there were several several of them, <clears throat> excuse me, several of them that um, were traveling along along with a cyclist, and so, you know, the the cyclist we can we can deal with, uh, you know, that's a pretty common thing. But when you have a vehicle that's traveling behind them, at obviously a much slower speed and taking up part of the uh, part of the uh, travel lane, uh, that's quite a hazard. And that was just a two lane road, right? Correct. Yeah. That's uh, definitely a hazard. All right, thank you for the phone call. I appreciate it. Uh, interesting uh, concept. So, uh, Curtis, you're saying, or Captain Sprague, you're saying that uh, the vehicle, it, w- would they be subject to maybe being cited for doing what they're doing that way, or is there a special exception made, or what do you think? What do you think? No, so in the end it comes down to, and I just pulled it up just to, so I could give the guy the answer here if he wants to look up uh, utah code 41-6a-605 that'll go through minimum speed regulations and and how you need to operate that motor vehicle so again 41-6a-605 if he wants to do a little more research on that but again it comes into that vehicle itself is responsible for how they're they're handling it right so mm-hmm. if they are impeding traffic um to the point that it it actually does impede someone um, then, then they could be held accountable for that, right? Hmm. Yeah. So, it, it's it's interesting because you understand what they're doing. They're trying to protect their friends who are riding the, you know, riding the bicycles. But at the same time, if there's 37 cars behind them and they won't move over or or, or whatever, that could be a real problem. I believe we have Michelle Randall on the uh, phone line. Michelle, is that you? It is. Hi, morning, Michelle. Andy. How you feeling? Um, I. I've had better days, but, yeah. you know, yeah. I wanted to thank Mark and Curtis for, I've been listening. They, they're doing an awesome job. They were, they had already said they would come on with me today because I knew some people might have questions about the Iron Man. So it worked out, thank goodness. And I owe you two times next month, Andy. <laughs> okay. Or maybe even later this month. We'll, we'll figure something out. But, uh, Michelle, we hope you feel better. That's that's the big thing. And, and I, having been in the hospital a couple of times in the last few months, I can tell you that's not a fun place. No offense to our friends at St. George Regional, but that's not a fun place to hang out at all. They're, they're always stabbing you with something. I know. They are. And I'm still hanging out here. Hopefully I'll be home today. We'll see. But, um Thanks for understanding, and and I will, I'll, we'll get on sometime soon. All Thanks, right. Mark. Thanks, Curtis. And you know what? I do want to thank all of our team at the city. They have done an amazing job, and sure. um, they're working their guts out to 
to make this a great event for everyone. Yep. So, and you can. And my goal is to try and be down by at the finish line Saturday. So we'll see. We'll see you at the finish line, Mayor. Thank you. Thank I was, you. was okay. going to say you, you can't choose when you get sick. That's one thing I found out for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Thank okay, you, you Michelle. Guys have a great day. Right. Okay, get well. Care. Thank you. Mayor Randall, on, we did get the mayor on on Mayor Thursday. Wow, yeah. it, it, the, the, the that was the nice of her to call. It. it really was. Yeah. And the hospital is a, its one of those places. I mean, first of all, they do a fantastic job. Having been in there a couple of times, uh, the nurses, the doctors, the order, everybody was just fantastic. But it's still not a fun place to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you want to get out of there as soon as, as, soon as you can in a good way. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, we wish her the best. Everybody's praying for Michelle Randall. I hope so. That's right. Uh, we uh, definitely wish her the best, and hopefully uh, Tony will take good care of her as well. Uh, Mark, this event, and we're, we're down to the last uh, three minutes or so. This event, though, has been uh, something that uh, we didn't know was going to happen. You know, the, the, it's been at Kona all these years, uh, and then for them to, to bring it here like this. Wh- when did you first find out, and, and how was it presented to you? Was it, hey, we're coming, good luck, or, or how, how did that work? It was. It's been an interesting turn of events, uh, and uh, Iron Man approached uh, Greater Zion mm-hmm. uh, since they're the lead agency uh, on on this particular event. They approached them at the September uh, event that we had, the World Championship seventy point three. So and, just what seven months ago, eight months ago, uh, seven or eight months ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They approached them and said, "Hey, look, uh, due to COVID restrictions and closures uh, in Hawaii." Uh, you know, would there be a possibility? And also in Topur, New Zealand, uh, would there be any interest in hosting these events uh, in St. George? And, and, and we have a very strong, more than a decade's worth of experience with Ironman, so they had a lot of confidence in us and, and, and we, of course, in them. But they asked uh, Greater Zion and Washington County, and, and then the county approached uh, Mayor Randall and uh, our city leadership uh, and... Um, and we said, hey, you know, it, it's a one-time thing. Let's let's try and give it a go. And, uh, I mean, we're such an amazing community. Uh, we're all about activity. We're all about sport, outdoor recreation, uh, mecca of the, the state. And so it seemed like a, a great fit. Of course, the Utah Sports Commission uh, was, was very happy to get involved in that as well. Um, this is really the biggest event happening in Utah this year. Uh, and so, you know, there's a lot of eyes on this, and, and there was a lot of interest in trying to uh, make the what seemed like the impossible possible, just like Iron Man, right? Yeah. And, and you say biggest event happening in Utah this year. I, I would submit biggest event happening in Utah since the Olympics. Uh, I would agree with that. As far as sporting events. Yeah, as far as international reach, uh, World certainly. Championship, yeah. yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. Right. So uh, you guys nervous, or is everything covered now you, you, as far as uh, Saturday? Oh, I would say I'd be a little more nervous if I was participating, but uh, we still, we're still, uh, there, we're, there's some nerves out there. Yeah, we got a lot to do between now and Saturday. What time should we expect the pros, the the, the, the best of the best, to be coming across the finish line? You guys got any idea? So they'll be entering St. George, uh, St. George City proper, anyways, uh, at Middleton Drive around 8:30 in the morning, and then the lead athlete will be finishing the bike ride around 11:20 in Town Square. So you can see them. Come in, finish the uh, the bike ride around eleven twenty, and then they will finish the complete thing by around two o'clock. Two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, which uh, means some of us, uh, some of those participating, will be almost an additional twelve hours after that. Wow! <laughs> All right, Captain Sprague, thank you, Mark. So great to have you on the show today. Really appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Andy. Time now for news.